Hello there, welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life from a sweltering Cheltenham on Wednesday the 12th of August, sun beating down, 90 degrees Fahrenheit, 30 something in Celsius as well. Thank you for joining me for this one. Thank you to the sponsors as ever, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Maybe looking for a new sound system in this movement at the moment, this uh, this summer heat just ascended upon us. Get in touch with Jason Briggs and his team uh, through the social media or the website, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham. All the numbers and email addresses will be listed at those places. Uh, thank you to Cytoplan for support of the podcast, supplement-based, uh, food-based supplements even, that my family's been using for 20 plus years under the guidance of my father, Dr. Mark Draper, a GP practitioner, doctor, and also nutritionist who's worked as a consultant for Cytoplan for total uh, discretion and total transparency there. Um, but something, again, it's an anecdote in the sense that we haven't got a control group to compare it with, but certainly feel that our immune systems have been optimized by the use of supplements, particularly the Foundation Formula One and the Immunovite I-M-M-U-N-O-V-Y-T-E supplement. And there is a kid's Immunovite if you're thinking about uh, your children's immunity as we prepare for them to go back to school, have done already in Scotland and potentially happening in England and Wales in the coming weeks. So cytoplan.co.uk and through the association with the podcast, you can get a 10% discount using the discount code DRAPER10. So my last name, all capital letters, D-R-A-P-E-R, the number one, number zero, Draper 10. There you go. You get 10% discount. Uh, so thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one. A good one for boxing fans. It's my old sparring partner from my days hosting Sky Sports Boxing Podcast, Ringside Toe to Toe. Back in the day, currently, uh, I think, hosted usually by Anna Woolhouse, sometimes Andy Scott, sometimes Andy Clark at Sky at the moment. Um, and uh, Spencer and I, Spencer Fearon, were sort of on it for three years together, spending every Wednesday together. So I got a good... Uh, friendship going back a while he was already a father but has subsequently become a father again with uh, his current wife and I became a father in that time as well so bonded over that and obviously boxing as well very knowledgeable man former fighter former coach former promoter so he knows the business side of the sport inside and out there's a lot of boxers particularly those who hail from London including Dillian White uh, who's got a big fight coming up against Alexander Povetkin on August the 22nd at Matchroom Square Garden in Essex, where Eddie Hearn and his team are putting on these open-air shows. Real, really good so far. Enjoyed them. So get Spencer's reflections on what he's seen so far. Get his take on not just that fight against Povetkin for Dillian White, but also uh, White's rise since the loss to Anthony Joshua uh, in December. I think it was December the 12th, 2015. It's ingrained on my head because I've sort of done a lot of commentary games and I think commentary uh, fights, and I think that was... The date. Uh, so good to get Spencer's thoughts. We also touch upon Wiley, the UK rapper. Uh, Spencer erroneously kind of liked something of his that's uh, proved to be very contentious and anti-Semitic. So he explains that, explains it was done in error. And it's kind of a cautionary tale for all of us, I think, to be careful what we retweet or like on social media. Don't assume uh, the quality of the content or the righteousness of the content, I guess, because when we talk again about Black Lives Matter off the back of that, anti-Semitism generally, and just the, the underpinning concept of tribalism, which is beneath many of the isms, the sexism, racism, uh, ageism, whatever ism it might be, football hooliganism, you know, all these things that are underpinned by a sense of tribalism, nationalism. Uh, so we talk about that and just how you know you have to take people as uh, you find them, individual merit, rather than sort of grouping people together by religion, skin colour, 
uh, football club, <laughs> whatever it might be. Anyway, I hope you like the podcast. Do let me know if you do. And uh, I'll be back at the end just to top it and tail it. But here's uh, Spencer, who joins us from his car because uh, he's got some building work at home. Here we go. Hello, Spencer. Hi, Ed. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Is that better? Yeah, that's perfect. You're loud and, loud and clear. Loud and clear. Are you in the car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where are you going? Yeah. Dropping the kids off? Nah, what it is, is um, uh, we've got work being done to the house, so and they're drilling outside. Oh, okay. So I didn't want to say, all right, then get off the blinking right, so uh, stop working or nothing. So, yeah, we got we got some work doing to our driveway now. Uh-huh. So they're out doing their bits. So, yeah, so what I have to do is jump in the car mm-hmm. and just drive down the road. So, yeah. Good man. Well, I think oh. there's, a sli- there's a slight echo on it, so I'll try and kind of... Um keep my questions and not make too many noises in the background so i don't uh throw you off i think it might be coming through your your car radio but how are you how are you how's life at the moment yeah everything's great man i cannot complain i cannot grumble if i grumble i'll be ungrateful so yeah everything's good good everything's good. really really good man i'm i mean i'm grateful for everything that's happening right now so yeah good one of them ones mate <laughs> i'm enjoying the heat are you I'm enjoying, enjoying it? it a lot of people complaining but Look, i like it I, I, I ain't gonna lie to you yeah this heat right now, I'm hiding from the sun like it's the police. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and like people say to you, oh, but Spence, you know, you're, 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 um, your family's from Jamaica, you should be able to take the heat. No, brother, no, I can't take this heat to tell you the honest truth. Well, I'm telling you, it's too hot. Well, you're in your house. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in my house. I even turn off the Wi-Fi because I think that's producing heat. I can't take it. Well, the but I'm nah, I'm not. I'm not grumbling. I love it. Man. Yeah, I think the problem. Yeah, me too. I think the pro- I grew up in the Caribbean. I think the difference is obviously usually on a beach, so it's a bit different. You got breeze and things like that. And in our houses in England, they're designed to be as warm as possible, aren't they? So in the in the summer, it's it's been difficult and it's like this. Uh, but I like it. I haven't had a sauna in five months. I went for a jog today, and it feels a bit like that. To be fair, so. I'm pretty, uh, pretty chuffed with it. Yeah. Spence, how about boxing? What have you made of it? I was speaking to Johnny quickly on the phone, Johnny Nelson, yesterday, and he, he said it's been very surreal and he's got a lot of respect for the fighters because this bubble they're in is, is pretty extreme for the week before the fight. They're uh, not seeing anyone, you know, locked in their room, bit of room service. That's about it. Well, well the thing about it is this is like, I think safety is paramount. Mm. And obviously... We're gonna to have to do what we're gonna to have to do, um, because it is we 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 we're, we're living in this pandemic right now. So, you know I mean, it, to me, as far as I'm concerned, this is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's like, and I think for a fighter's mindset, it may maybe maybe it's better mm. that um, you have to be under these conditions where you're locked away. So you're locked away with your inhibitions. You're locked away with your your insecurities, your fears. Uh, and also the mindset of success. So you're locked away with all this kind of stuff. Mm. So I can't really... I think it's a good thing to tell you the truth. I'm just being rough. Yeah, I no wish that there was crowds there. Yeah, no yeah, I just wish there was crowds there. But apart from that, I think it's... Uh, I don't think it's bad at all. Yeah, no, it's interesting that it sort of makes you deal with your inner demons maybe if you if you, if you sat in a kind of um, square room and, and staring at the wall a little bit. Although they've probably got 
uh, playstations and things like that. I'm sure in the modern era, distraction yeah, tools yeah. of distraction. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Um, it's, it's, uh... we've, what have you made? Because you had the contrast, haven't we? We've had in, in the UK. I know there's been fights in the in the US as well, but in the UK we've had the BT sports shows in TV studios. We've had the Sky ones in Matchroom Garden, uh, Matchroom Square Garden. Uh, the, in NSX, the back garden of the Hearns, or their old back, back garden, now the headquarters of Matchroom. What have you made? Contrasting, but both seem to have gone pretty well. Uh, they they have done. And uh, it's it's like, bottom line is this, a ring's a ring no matter where it is. Mm-hmm. And, but what I, what I have realised is like, there are certain people, there are certain fighters that you can, I think it's more level playing field for, 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 each of the each of the opponents mm. because when that bell goes you haven't got uh the crowd on your side or you haven't got the crowd not on your side you have to be totally focused on on the job in hand and i think we've seen that especially when we saw harper and uh, jonas fight yeah where yeah if anything promoted boxing in this period it was that fight yeah the skill level demonstrated by the two combatants, uh, um, the mental focus, um, um, the, the the punch variation, the dexterity produced by both females in that fight was like wow, mm, mm. right? Seriously, and and I I can remember when there was a lot of cynicism about uh, uh, female boxing. I think it was Kirsty Martin. Um, the coal miner's daughter, mm. the American former um, WBC world champion. I think she brought it to a level because she could really, really fight. Yeah. And she was the person that yeah. would, but what I saw on the weekend, it wasn't like we will get one special talent, mm. right? You'll get, you'll get one special talent and that could be a closer shorts or we'll get that one special talent. That's a Katie Taylor, but Unfortunately, their opponents have been have, have been lesser to, mm-hmm. to to their skill level. But when you're seeing on off of, off of that, the thing that I could compare it to, and people gonna think, and and I'm telling you, the thing that I could compare it to, what we're seeing like two class classy boxers yeah. in with each other, thinking, picking shots, thinking like, right, I gotta throw something. There's gotta be eye catching to the judges and that. I'd have to liken it to when Wilfred Benitez defended his world title against Sugar wow. Ray in, in November 1979. That's, right. And people could say, oh, what are you talking I am telling you now that that is what I have to compare that fight to. Unfortunately, that fight, the fight on the weekend ended in a draw. Um, I thought Natasha Jonas done enough to win, but I could see why it was given a draw. Mm-hmm. But Natasha Jonas as well. I mean, I think we, we should stop talking about it being good for women's boxing, like you're saying, just boxing. But there is a, it's good for boxing, but, but, period. But I tell you what's impressive about Natasha, and you, you've had children, but you've seen the women bear the children. She is actually a mother. And for me, physically, that is so significant to be able to come back from, from that and the, the science of what it does to you, the, the emotional commitment to come back and put a performance like that was phenomenal, wasn't it? Because she had a, a point to prove. She was a yeah. pioneer for women's boxing. She was the first... Uh, uh, British boxer, first any boxer to box at the Olympics, and she had that, you know, that hanging around her, but maybe hadn't fulfilled that professionally. But I thought it was incredible, and maybe Spence that she she reveled in the lack of a crowd because of that amateur pedigree. Do you think that's a, a factor? Um, no, because in the amateur mm. you still get a crowd. 
it's not the same, but you you, you do have a crowd. Um, but like now, it's like it is really boxing is behind mm. closed doors, and as it is um, behind closed doors, we are looking at it now and we're saying like you know somebody like an Natasha Jonas who has and it is truthful. You think like oh, um, females she gave birth so that within itself is mm. crazy right but then also we've got to take into consideration like if we if we were to look at things and be serious about it females are actually way tougher than <laughs> you're right got yeah you know right no i'm telling you because yeah i mean I've, how many times have i been in a labor in a labor in a labor ward on a labor wing uh i've been there three times my first door i missed it by about oh, 20 man. minutes right but Right, so I've been I've been in there, and I know the 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 agony and the emotion. I got called every name <laughs> under the sun uh, when my <laughs> when when, uh, yeah. when Raya was born under the sun. Like uh, my missus didn't even want me in the in in the mm. la- in in the room. She was like, "Oh, I got it was yeah." But to see that, and then it's hard for your body to get back in shape and all the rest of it. So that is a different level of commitment to mm. do that right now. And for, for her to have done that, or for her to have been training, and we've got to give props to Joe Gallagher, because Joe Gallagher came to me about when um, Jonas lost, remember she, uh, when she yeah. lost her fight? And, yeah. and Joe Gallagher said, like, she's going to be the, the UK version of Terrence wow. Crawford. And I'm saying, I'm saying that's high praise, Joe. And I know you like to go on a little bit, all right? I know that Joe will comment on this because he doesn't yeah. say anything where his name switch, gets mentioned. Switch hitting, yeah. But I'm saying, yeah. like, you know, switch, cu- switch hitting, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm saying, come on. But you know what? I was fairly impressed with, with, with both, um, with, with both um, opponents. I thought that was just, seriously, if there was an advert for boxing, not female boxing, if there was an advert for boxing in this time of this pandemic, mm. it would be that fight. Yeah. I think one fight on the card I found difficult this past week was someone who's been on the podcast. Actually, both men have been on the podcast. I spoke to Anthony Fowler last week, but uh, no relation to Terry Harper, but Adam Harper, who, who hails from near where I'm living at the moment in the West Country. And he he um, was sort of um, battered in the end by Anthony Fowler. Thankfully, the referee stepped in ultimately to, to rescue him. What would your advice be for someone like Adam Harper? Because it was a great story. English champion had a, a reprieve on his brain scan last year, Spencer. But do you feel that he's at a crossroads yeah. now where... I saw, I, I think, yeah, well, you know what? Listen to me. Mm. He's not at a crossroads. Right. Uh, you, have to, you have to look at it, you, and mm. we have to be real here. Somebody like, um, or somebody like uh, Anthony Fowler has been groomed for the position mm-hmm. that he's in right now. And he's going to say, well, how have I been groomed? Because, you know, he likes to pull out the violin every now and then. But um, um, Fowler's my friend. But... He has been groomed he, because he's come from uh, a way more superior amateur pedigree than mm-hmm. that of Adam Harper. But what, but what Adam Harper, to me, demonstrated um, was, was a, a surreal toughness of not giving up. Because if you watch that fight, there was no chance in hell that he was going to win that fight from about round three. And that's the sharpest I've ever seen uh, 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 mm. and Fowler. Fowler to me was like he was in and out. He was boxing. He was boxing tall. 
um, couple times when I was seeing certain things, I was saying, Alan Harper's corner would have would have would have seen. Like there's times where um, Fowler would throw shots, and as he would throw the shots, he would drop his right hand, leaving it open for a left hook. And I was saying, anybody clever should like if they were to dummy the jab, then come back with a left hook. And that's what I thought Harper Harper should have done was to dummy his jab and come back with a left hook. He would have he would have even though he's not a yeah. concussive puncher. But he would have, that yeah. would have been a how, telling how blow. And fair play to Shane McGuigan, sorry to cut you, fair play to Shane McGuigan, because Shane McGuigan saw that, like, oh, you're dropping, you're dropping your right hand. And then for round, for round five and six, he would stop doing it. So, you know what I mean? Fair play to yeah. Shane McGuigan as well. Uh, Yo, very Shane, good trainer Shane. as well. But my advice to Adam Harper would be, you've come this far, mm. don't stop. Yeah. You've come yeah. seriously. You've come. You've come this far, and there are good fights for him. Uh, maybe a, a, a level below for him to rebuild, mm. right? Because it's all about rebuilding. It's about rebuilding, and certain times it's not even about rebuilding because you've you've reached a certain level now. Now the thing is to reach that level and mm. not plateau, because you've come across a stumbling block. These stumbling blocks. My my advice to you, um, Adam, is. These stumbling blocks or these so-called obstacles are not obstacles. They're just obstacles for you to prove to yourself mm. that you can Yeah, and it's his first time he's boxed in two years as well, so there's yeah, going to be an element of ring rust. How difficult is that, Spencer? I know we've, we've touched on this before when we're working at Sky on the Toe to Toe podcast, but when you don't have that sort of deterrent of power, not necessarily concussive power, but how, how difficult is it? Because you have to be so slick in those scenarios, don't you, to, to thwart an aggressive fighter like Fowler? Not yeah, not not only but not only do you have to be so um slick, but you have to be incredibly fit. And when I mean incredibly fit, I mean incredibly fit. There are fighters throughout history who are who are not seen as uh uh out and out punchers, like one of the greatest fighters of all time, five weight world champion, uh sorry, four weight world champion in uh in mm. Pernal Whitaker. Pernell Whitaker um, was not a supremely heavy hitter. But what he did, he polished the artistry of hit and not be hit. Uh, and maybe that these are the guys that he should be he should be studying because he's because he's still a come forward kind of fighter. And I, I, I don't really get that. You're you're a come forward fighter, but you you don't really mm. have that pop. And to get to that next level, people say, now, well, you're going to have to have that pop. No, you don't. You just got to be better than the other person in front of you. And maybe he should be working more on skill because we, 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 we've known him. He, he has proven to us over many fights that he's a very, very hmm. tough individual. So, okay, cool. But now let's go and work yeah. on skills. Because, as I keep on saying, skills pay the bills. Uh, you've already shown us and demonstrated to us that you have yeah. heart to play. <laughs> heart to play the part. I like it. And ultimately, as well, that you know, there's no glory in, in taking too many blows to the head. And Adam's got a great story because he was effectively orphaned at 16, estranged from his mum, never knew his dad. And like a lot of boxers, he's, he's found salvation and, and mentorship through the sport. And I think it's a really positive story. And I just hope it has a, a positive continua continuation. He's a, he's a good lad and he's used it to inspire him. He's now engaged, things like that, in his personal life. So it's, it's worked, worked wonders for him. It's built up his self-respect and self-belief that maybe didn't come from child as, as we know spence what about um upcoming action how excited are you about dillian white alexander povetkin on august the 22nd i'm really excited i'm really excited because um it's been 1022 days now 
that Dylan's been a top <laughs> contender for the WBC. Uh, you know the days. WBC title. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Speak, <laughs> uh, you know how it goes. So I would, I would like to see um, Dylan come through this fight, which is not actually an easy fight. And now that Dylan is um, training with um, Xavier, his um, new coach, since being removed from from Mark Tibbs, um, I I believe that I would like to see uh, a more relaxed Dylan White. Um, and I do want to see Dylan White come through victorious and then hopefully get his world title shot uh, maybe yeah. early next it's year. That's how yeah. I buy it. So it's a good fight because Povetkin <laughs> ain't no dummy. I just want people to realise this. And yet he got he got wobbled badly and floored by um, a relatively small um, heavyweight mm. in Michael Hunter. But um, I don't think he really took the Hunter That was in that Saudi situation. Arabia, wasn't it? Um, that was in Saudi Arabia on the same night that Anthony Joshua regained uh, his multiple mm. heavyweight And he, he bled, Povetkin bloody Joshua's nose, so, didn't he, at Wembley in that big fight, September 2018. Listen, I, I was sat at that fight, Joshua versus Povetkin. It was me, Coogan, and um, Tris Dixon, the former editor of the Boxing News. He's got a really good mm. podcast as well. So I'm sat with I'm sat with these guys, and I remember how um, how Povetkin came out, and Joshua didn't look all there. He to was, he was sick, 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 wasn't he? Well, yeah. And I, I remember we all, he sick, yeah, he was ill, right? I remember us looking at each other and we're saying, and then Coogan said to me, "I bet you." It wouldn't surprise Josh is gonna win, but it wouldn't surprise me if he gets flawed in this fight. And it's the truth because <clears throat> um Povetkin's very good. You gotta think, you don't go through becoming an Olympic mm. champion, um, uh, being a European champion. Uh he he held a version mm. of a world title. Um you don't go through all of that. And I've watched a lot of Povetkin as well, right? Uh you don't go through all of that. Lose to Klitschko on points. He didn't, mm. you, you know what I mean? Klitschko would, right. The guy can fight. Now, whether or not he's motivated right now, and I believe that he will be motivated because he, he, he must be looking at this like, this is actually last chance saloon and I could beat Dylan White and take all of mm. his laurels. Yeah, put that position of being contender, yeah. And then that put me. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited for that fight because I, I know there must be a lot of pressure on Dylan White's shoulders right now because he realizes, like, okay, then every fight must be very, very um, uh, pressurizing mm. for Dylan White because it's like the supposed unseen system hasn't really been in the favor because of he's Dylan not, White. Because he's not because he's not a big um, draw. But, it's just the sort of market marketing aspect of boxing. No, mm. well, he, well, he is a big draw. Dylan, Dylan White, Dylan White is Dylan yeah. White is a big draw. He's not as a bigger draw as anti Joshua, but what I realize is that people have warmed to Dylan White in the way that on the day that he uh on the on the evening that he lost to to Anthony Joshua. Mm. Twenty fifteen. December 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 twenty fifteen, Spence. Twenty fifteen, so it's nearly five years. Yeah, yeah, right. In December Yeah. Nearly five years ago. And how he brushed himself off and has come back. And I remember like I, you know, you know me. I always say like certain things, like you got to speak it to you, seek it to you, see what you say. And we are all carbon based, and our words are carbon based. And sometimes, if you reiterate out what other people are thinking, you will take mm. on that persona. 
And he, for ages, he didn't, he would still have on his, his Twitter that he was 20 and 0. <laughs> right? He wouldn't admit the loss to, so subconsciously he said, right, I never really lost that fight. That's learning curve. And yeah. it's one on one with me and Anthony Joshua. Can I beat him in the Well, I talked about right. Adam Harper's evolution. He was homeless in Cheltenham, obviously, it's a lower level than what Dillian White has achieved in terms of being a world level elite heavyweight. But tell me about the progression of Dillian White, the man, what you've witnessed, because he comes from your, your manor, your neck of the woods in, in South London. And he had it by you know, his own admission a troubled teen years, early teen years, became a father, I think, at 13. He was involved in gang crime. What have you made of his development as a, as a human being? Um, I think it's been fantastic, uh, especially over, uh, I know Dylan was very, very hot-headed. Uh, I remember when we used to do talk to talk on Sky Sports, and I said on a show <laughs> with you that D Dylan, right, Dylan White should not fight Anthony Joshua right now, because at the time, um, he was on this mm. hiatus where he was removed from boxing, and I thought, you can't just come straight out and go fight any Joshua. And I remember saying that to Dylan White. Saying that on the show mm. about Dylan White, right? Thinking that at the time, like, he ain't going to hear that. <laughs> so don't worry about it, right? He listened to everything, didn't he? Uh, and it's, yeah, of course he does. And I'm like, he's, he's worse than Joe Gallagher, right? So as I'm, as I'm going to collect my missus from work, I get a phone call from Dylan. So I said, like, what's up, bruv? And he just went in reading the riot act on me, called me everything under the sun. It was mad. And look, bruv, we're both from the hood. And like, you're not meant to be saying those things about me because I'm proud of what you're doing. So you should be proud of what I'm doing. He went in. He went in. And I can't repeat one of the things that he said to me. That but he said been, them all You were worried same. for a week. Right? Or so, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was looking out my window and everything. I said, oh, well, this crazy man coming around my house. Right. So, uh, and that all said and done, he goes and he has the Joshua fight and he comes second best in mm. the Joshua fight. And Ran I'm going to be real with you, right? Because, and, yeah, well, it's not even the case that Ran it was, it was like, it was too, he was, he didn't know how to mm. train then, right? He thought that he could eat the same foods that he usually eats, he could do whatever, just turn up and just go and fight, go on a little two mile run. He, he wasn't. He wasn't as committed as he is today, nowhere near. I don't even think Dylan White, Dylan White was 30% committed then mm. as he is now. Like his commitment level is ridiculous now. Or like how he trains and how he's got nutritionists in, how he's got strength and conditioning coaching, how he's yeah. got, right? It's a, it's a, it's a totally yeah. different human being. And I think because the British public have got to see this transformation in Dylan White, They've warmed to him because, you know what, Anthony Joshua is very, very polished. Yeah. But he, um, Dylan White isn't. Dylan White but people is like the underdog, but they like the right. outside. what you see is what you get. So I think that's like indeed. Like yeah, I think people like him as being against the establishment. It's anti-establishment, isn't it? People like that. Well, I, I think it's the fact that he, he actually mm. speaks his mind. And because he speaks his mind, and, and it's like it's different. You can speak your mind all you want. But if you haven't got a product to sell, then people don't want to listen to you. And he obviously has a product to sell because he's heavyweight contender. And if it was any, if it was anybody else, you could look at his his last five fights, and he could have been a world champion, being de defending a world yeah. championship. Epic belt. encounters, yeah. And nobody would yeah. complain about the opponent. Which is all a fight. Yeah, Joseph he's had some great encounters. Sort of, you know, there. 
the roller coaster events where he ultimately gets the, the win, the Oscar Rivas fight as well. It was, yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and like I could say where he has grown up because after the after the Joseph Parker mm. win, um, even though we were speaking between the time, but he phones me up just after it, literally after it, about a few hours after the the, the fight, so in the early hours of the morning. And he said, you know what, Spence? You know when you said that I weren't ready to fight Andy Joshua? You were absolutely mm. right. And then I said, you know what? That is... You know what I mean? Humility, it, yeah. It takes yeah, a lot yeah. for someone, especially Humility, like... Humility, yeah. yeah. especially like in our, in our culture. Yeah. We, you know what I mean? In like from, 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 yeah. from the environment where we're called, we We don't really... Especially when you're young, you don't... I'm, I'm getting old now, I'm 46. So it's different. But for him to come to me and say, nah, you were absolutely right. And... I'm going to keep on watching the, 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 the film footage. I send him a lot of film footage to watch. Uh, the film footage that, that... But, yeah, and I was... I was I am yeah. so, so what? proud of Dylan White. I'm just keeping Are you concerned about him changing trainer at this point? He's left Mark Tips and gone to Portugal for this camp, hasn't he? Well, well I'm going to keep this 100. <clears throat> and I have to. Mark Tibbs is... You know, it's, it's, it was... Mark Tibbs' first corner that he worked with was... Tony Salem versus uh, Houghton for the Southern Area Super Middle. Wow, great knowledge. Right? Wow, uh, great knowledge. Yeah, when was that? Right, that was his first corner. So we're going back when was that? Mm, okay. 10 years. Okay. Right. About, eight, yeah, about 10 years ago now, about a decade. Right? That was his first, that was at the York Hall, that fight. And it was Tundi that was trained, mm -hmm. Tundi Ajayi, who trained Anthony Yard. It was Tundi Ajayi that was working with Tony Salem. And Mark just got his license and he said, Mark, come work with me in the corner. So Mark worked a couple fights with Tundi. He was working with Tundi when Tundi had Akash Bhatia, who was a, a featherweight contender. He was working with he was mm. working with Tundi. Um so Mark has done his due diligence because of his dad. Jimmy Tibbs is a remarkable, incredible trainer and and should should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, without a doubt, because you, you think about the world champions that, that Jimmy mm. Tibbs has worked with, right? So, Mark will get will get that credence because of his dad. Not saying that Mark hasn't earned it, because Mark is a very, mm. very good trainer, right? Uh, I think at the time, Dylan White was, was lacking in the fundamentals of boxing. So, at the time when Dylan White was training with Jonathan Banks, who famously comes from the Kronk and was taught by Emmanuel Stewart, I think that level that Jonathan Banks had at the time was too high for Dylan White, where Dylan White was mm. at his level. I think someone like Jonathan Banks now would be ideal for... for Jonathan Banks, uh, Tyson Fury, did he? Well, Head of the sec second fight with Wilder, is that right? No, no, no. That was... From the Cronk um, gym, was Sugar no, Hill. Yeah. No, no, Sugar Hill. No, no, no. no. Yeah. But he's from the Cronk gym. Right, so I think it's about, it's about levels. And... With Xavier, who's a young guy, I remember when Xavier was first coming into boxing, and he was saying, "I'm just opening up my gym now, and da, 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 could you come down and speak to the kids for us?" Blah. And this is about mm. five years ago, right? Um, but what I have to, what I'm saying is this: if you're a head coach like Mark Tibbs was the head coach, you cannot let a junior come into the gym and outwork mm. you. You cannot let a junior come into the gym and want it more than you, because you can't have this this arrogance of thinking like 
you cannot have this arrogance of thinking that that oh I'm here and it's uh, because I'm who I am it is what it is it doesn't mm. work like that yeah, I mean, it it's comp- like competitive that. business, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting that, about trainers because yeah. I had a breakfast, and I mentioned on the podcast before when I was in Monaco doing some presenting for the World Feed for Matchroom a couple of years ago. And I sat down for breakfast with Carl Frotch, Johnny Nelson, and Matt Macklin, and they were contrasting their stories. Obviously, Johnny, devoted follower of the Ingalls, Brendan Ingall is his mentor. Um, Carl Frotch had that relationship with Robert McCracken. Matt Macklin moved around, and Macklin was actually kind of almost, you know, regretting his his movement and saying that perhaps he needed that permanent mentor and to stick with someone and and Frotch and Johnny were talking about that being a kind of collective effort where you take blame for results or glory for results collectively so it's a, it's a tricky predicament but then if you're in the, the situation that you need to evolve and grow from I think it's you know sometimes you do need to move don't you in life so it's it's a tricky tricky balance yeah, yeah, yeah. You do, but you know what? Sometimes, as much as we look, you be create our own luck, but you do need a little bit of luck. I think uh, with Matthew Macklin, I think he was very, very unlucky not to get the decision over yeah. Felix Sturm. I thought he beat Sturm in that yeah. fight. So it's one of those things. And Matthew Macklin's done really, really well for himself since mm-hmm. retiring from boxing. He's done well as a boxer. Yeah. Come on, he, he won European. You know I mean, yeah. he, I mean, he was European. a European champ. You know I mean, so no, I can't. And he, he fought. Uh, quite a few times for the world title. So I've yeah. got You're right, that's a revisionist though, isn't it? It's revisionist uh, because Johnny was the world champion and Frotch was the world champion. But if that decision was different against Sturm in Germany, suddenly you look at it a different perspective. But it's a it's yeah, a rate, be, it's a, yeah, exactly. it's a cigarette paper. He, he'll have been a what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is it is what it is. But going back to um Dylan White, because uh, was it last week he was on our show, The Fight is Right, what I do with Tundi on our podcast, and he didn't want to talk about he didn't want to talk about um, his um, departure from um, Mark Tibbs. He said it is what it is, and there's two sides to the story, and 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 that's that. But what I was a little bit disappointed with is that Mark was the one that put the story out, and I understand it at the time because, like, you believe that that's your life when you have a fire, and you do, and you get an emotional attachment to to the people that you're working with. And then, so he felt, I believe that he felt aggrieved. Um, and so he, he said, he spoke out a little bit against Dylan, but realizing now that it's, it's not really about Dylan White, mm. it's about yourself. And since then, he's, he's been in, in key support of Dylan and wanting Dylan to go, in the, go out and, and, and do stuff. But like I said, I regard Mark as a friend. So I ain't gonna speak ill of Mark, but this new kid, Xavier, he wants it, and I, I, I'm going to props anybody who goes out there and wants it because um, human beings have a culture to fight down anything mm. new. Or, oh, now what is he <laughs> like, now? Like ben, oh, ben Davidson is, is just like, right? Well, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Right. So I, I remember when I first came into the game as a trainer. Sometimes people are looking at the financial rewards who've been training for ages and never. I remember the, like. The first big corner I worked with was uh, was Danny Williams versus Audie Harrison, right? So I think it's not a bad one. Yeah, <laughs> Danny Williams was getting yeah, it's not a bad one, right? So I think I think Danny was getting like two hundred yeah. grand for that fight. So people are looking and thinking, well, if you're a trainer, you're getting ten percent. You're making twenty grand, and you haven't paid your way and blah. So people look on that 
where they should be looking. Everybody, this is how the world is. Everybody is many, where they're meant to be. This is this is it. That's not a nice work, is it? No, it's not exactly. It's not. It wasn't a nice work. So, um, I think he had about uh, for the Ollie Harrison fight. I think he had about. It was that that fight was actually short notice. So I think he had about okay. three weeks notice for that. But you were you had a relationship with him right? ongoing, yeah. Um, yeah, well, we we've been working together for since mm. I was a kid, so it is it is what it is. And but that's what that's human nature. And at the time, everything was popping. I was working with uh, Peter Obo as well, as light heavyweight champion, uh, as well. So I had quite a few guys under in 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 my camp. So people straight away think, oh, well, no, everybody is where they're meant to be. So I'm props in um, uh, Xavier and. Like, I speak to him quite regularly. I, I send him out little things because, you know what I mean, not trying to tell him what to go and do, but I send him out things to what, look, what yeah. to be looking out for. Uh, and it's nice that these young men respect... Their uh, elders. Uh, <laughs> the things that I say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And old, but he, um, he ain't that much younger than me, but I'm a big man too. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's good to be open to advice. You can always take, take and leave what the bits you think that work for you. And I think that's, that's great. Isn't, the training thing is... It's interesting because you say they're essentially in competitive competition with each other, like uh, fighters are, like we all are to a certain extent. But you, when you see that respect and that mutual appreciation, as we do with fighters, I think it's great. I, I remember Dave Colwell at the weekend. It was great that he was very magnanimous about um, Anthony Fowler's progression under Shane McGuigan, and I thought that was yeah. But you got yeah. But you know what, Dave, Dave, Dave Colwell has done everything in the game, right? And I think Dave also understands that it's not about me trying to slag off the other person because I remember when Dave first came in the game, a lot mm. of people just slag him off. So he's saying, say, well, then, you know, if you know better, do better. And certain times, um, you have to be what you mm. want to see. And I think Dave is, 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 is profoundly surrounded by mm. that energy of getting rid of toxic energy. And so with someone like Dave Caldwell, who I remember when he was running around doing his shows and when he was doing his little bits on bobs and, and nobody never believed in him and blah, 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 blah. And it only takes one. And Tony Bailey believed in him and off of the back of that, it's transformed him. So who would Dave Corwell be? Like, if you're thinking, oh, well, you know, oh, well, Anthony Fowler was rubbish and blah. <laughs> You'd be an idiot to yeah. turn around and say that. Because Anthony yeah. Fowler looks superb on the weekend. And let's just call it as it is. So, and Dave knows that. And also, Dave's not that yeah. kind of guy. He's really like, you know, yeah. I just want to get on and look after my kids and make sure my kids have got the best. And that's yeah. why I've got a lot of time for him. So, no. Um, yeah. Fair and play often to Dave it's about Cooper. timing, it's about chemistry, it's about personality, it's about, the, you know, the right person at the right time to, yeah. to enhance you and, and, and to gel together. It's funny because we talk about that, talk about judging things from afar sometimes. And people love doing that in modern culture, particularly on social media when it comes to boxers and their relationships. But I remember... It, it, it working in the media gets subjected to um, judgment sometimes. Obviously, the podcast we did at Sky was really, really big when we were doing it, and um, Ringside Toe to Toe. We had a YouTube spin-off, didn't we, where people ask questions. And I remember I had the uh, and you had the with the producers in our ears telling me to wrap you up all the time and interrupt and all this kind of stuff. And I remember you get a text and forwarding it from Anthony Joshua saying, "Who is this guy? He's uh, he won't let you talk." And I, it's funny because you sort of sense that you know from afar sometimes we we take we take hot takes on things that aren't always accurate but that always that made me laugh you know you know what you know you know you know you know what it's it's um how it is is this is like when you have a fan base 
And I'm very fortunate that my fan base is actually coming from the boxing community itself, like from the boxers themselves, uh, that that people get defensive. Mm. Or when they see people, people will get defensive when they see somebody like myself uh, on, a, on a big platform. They'll be like, they'll be like, you know, you're the guy, you're our guy. Da, 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 da. And so they get defensive and it's like, and that's how it goes. And we get defensive mm. of, your, of your own. It's like, nobody couldn't say a bad word to me about you. Because yeah. I know you. I, you know I mean, we spent like yeah. five years doing a podcast together. So therefore, every week. So therefore, you get defensive of the yeah, people. Yeah, that's that why know. this is good, though. Then yeah. That's, then that's, that's why this is good. That, yeah, now course, we can speak course. without that's someone telling us to wrap it up. Things like that, when we're always under the time pressure before. So. <laughs> well, well, you know what? You know what? When I was, when I was um, um, younger, yeah, that's what I'm going to put it. When I was younger, it was like... Didn't have, didn't have four children, yeah. right? You wanna, yeah. right? And you think everything is about you. And as you grow older, you have to know that energy goes where it flows, and it's not about you. We're all part of the universal law, and everyone has a bit plot to pay. Some people get bigger plots mm. to pay than other people. Rise and fall, yeah. Um, but um, Rise and fall, yeah. exactly. But what you have to do is play your position. And if you play your position really mm. well, then it will grow. But and that is it. So I'm like I'm saying, like you're doing your podcast now. As far as I'm concerned, this podcast is massive. Reason why? Because <laughs> Thank you, Draper's doing it, right? We we could only have we could only have two people that jump on this, which we're not going to. Because once I share this on my social media, we'll get loads yeah, of people yeah, that not... will download it. But what I'm trying to say to you, right, right. But what I'm saying to you is like, if you take everything that has been given to you. And you and you and you take that on board as it is the most precious thing to you, then you'll build and you will attract more things that will become precious to you and that will add value to your life. And I've I've learned that over over years, but now I've learned it. Yeah, no, also I appreciate that, Spencer. I think it's why we're like having this conversation. It's just because we get to delve into topics that with the, the big media you don't often get that time to to do. And one thing we wanted to talk about as well that you, you mentioned to me was the, the Wiley stuff. Last time you were on, we were talking about Black Lives Matter, cultural issues, and we talked about tribalism underpinning a lot of prejudice and, and discrimination, generalising. And Wiley, the, the UK rapper, has apologised for um, what people would see, see as anti-Semitic tweets. What was your take on it? Well, I'm going to keep this really short because I've got to take my little boy yep. to the doctor. My little girl says, so I'm going to keep this short. My little girl I just heard it in the background. She's growing nice and big. I'm saying that I was, I was, I was hurt by the comments that why? Because I know why. I know why he pretty well. Mm. Not only for years, um, and so you know how it goes on Instagram. I, I, I will tick like on certain things. I don't even watch your shit. I will just tick like. So I'm scrolling through. I see Wiley. Yeah, he's got a video. Yeah, he's got a little rant. I think he's talking about the system. I think like yeah within and this is no lie within the space of an hour i must have had 50 dms from jewish mm. people saying to me how hurt they were because i'm a fan of yours spencer and i was really hurt that that um you're liking something from an anti-semite i'm saying what are you talking about i don't Right, I didn't know nothing. Then my missus comes in and says, oh, yeah, Wiley's just being dropped mm. by his management crew, blah, 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 blah. She goes in. Mm. I'm saying, well, all right. Well, I didn't know. I'm sorry. I didn't know that he said anything of um, inflammatory statements um, pertaining to Jewish people. So they was going, on, oh, um, they went on on me. It was like, yeah. I don't know, the Jewish police were on me. 
right? Yeah. The dangers so of the modern world, isn't it? Yeah. I said, um, listen. Yeah, it is, it is. And I would say to any young person, when you're ticking like, no, you're liking yeah. on something. Even, even, even if you say retweet, because... etc. on endorsements, then, you know, people perceive it differently sometimes. Exactly. Right, so I, so I looked at that and I said, uh, oh, by the way, do you happen to know? Like, no, we don't really know this guy. I don't really, I don't really, mm. I don't really promote this. But my mother's Jewish, Ed. And we worked for years, you know, yeah, my mom's Jewish. My grandmother's Jewish. My great grandmother's Jewish. My great grandmother's wow. Jewish. Syrian. <laughs> so it's a good mix, right? And yeah, and I'm Muslim, right? Exactly. You know what I mean? So, what was it? Uh, Ethel religion is the sect of race that Judaism comes underneath. So it's it's one of those. Yeah. It's just one of those kind of things. So it's a, that of heritage, cultural base, right? Mm. Of of the religion. My niece got married three months ago. Wow. Jewish wedding, right? And she's actually of Jamaican Caribbean descent, so she's mm. black, like me. Her husband is from Israel, Jewish, right? So no, it's like those. So I say for me to, I can't support anything because I'll be going against myself. But the major thing is that we're one human family, so we can't be seen like the rise of Black Lives Matter, and then Wiley come out with statements like that. If I've got a beef with you, Ed Draper, let it be. Not individual. You. Yeah. Not let it be yeah. about your skin tone. Don't let it. Yeah. Don't let it be about the car that you drive. Don't let it be about any of those kind. My beef <laughs> is with you. Yeah. End of story. Me, let me say what I've got to say about you. Yeah, but you're right. Right. Not about. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Anytime you generalize, you're in trouble. Yeah. And and, and right. Exactly. And that of the generalization, but also I'm saying is like Wiley is not the right person to speak out yeah. about cultural injustices. Because he's just not that guy. He's been very, very successful. Yeah. He's a very successful and his pers musician. Personal beef, it was that. personal beef, you know I mean? which he's since was expanded to be too general. And he's apologized for that in that context because it was something with his manager. Yeah. So. Well, regardless, 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 yeah, but regardless that he's mm. apologized about it, the, what, the hurtful stuff that mm. he said is still out there. So I cannot endorse, I can't endorse that because I know what it's like to, to have prejudice mm. against yeah. a person. I know, I I, yeah. I know what that's like. So therefore, if I know what it's like, I can't be endorsed to someone else because oh, there's other person. That, well, who he's actually speaking about? They actually don't look like me. No, we're one human family. So, and I'm living by that. There's only one race, the human race, and we need to live and and be encompassed as yeah. living as that. So do not prejudge. Take people as you as you find them, and then and then kind of uh, take a take a take on it once you once you get to know them well. Spence, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, well, you get back to well, your kids. Exactly. I'll get back to my little girl, and we'll, we'll speak soon. I really yep. appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Ed. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Send me the links. I, I can send, send it out, bro. Yeah, send me a picture of yourself. Doing, your best uh, your best looking yeah. selfie, and I'll put it up on social media too. Nah, you got you got loads of pictures <laughs> of me together. But they, they all got the sky yeah. thing on the background, you're so I don't want to get sued. All right, mate. Take care. All right, brother. Take care. There we have it. Spencer Phil. Great to speak to him. I've actually just texted him uh, before I recorded the intro and outro of the podcast. And I think we're going to try and do that monthly. If people like it, let me know. Um, yeah, that camaraderie, that natural build rapport after spending three years, a day every week for three years together, eating together, just chatting about boxing, life, all sorts of things. Always find it interesting to get his reflections. So it's like a different background on paper, I suppose, to me, but we both have that Caribbean sort of his history and I think um, both try and be open-minded and hopefully that shines through. And he's a, he's a funny guy as well and good motivational speaker actually now as well under the tutelage of the famous American speaker, uh, black American speaker, Les Brown.
and uh, a really inspirational character, particularly to African-Americans, Les Brown. Spencer's doing his bit over here as well. Uh, if you, Check out Les Brown's content as well for whoever you are, whatever your background is, it's certainly inspiring. Uh, so that's uh, Spencer Fearon, a.k.a. Master Knowledge on social media. Check him out, follow him. It's really interesting content he tends to post and uh, important to him to explain that sort of... Uh, absent-minded way that he liked something of Wiley, which was highly contentious and offensive, understandably so. So he clarifies that as a sort of cautionary tale, as I said at the top, in that. Um, so I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Rate it on iTunes if you can. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Nolifson of Cheltenham. Check out their website for all the latest deals, offers on equipment, and through that sister company housed in the courtyard in Montpellier with Jason and his team, Serene AV. They can bring in other types of entertainment equipment for you, not just the wonderful Bang Nolifson stuff. So... Check, check out those guys and cytoplan.co.uk if you think about immunity for you or your family be it adults or children check out cytoplan.co.uk food-based supplements which means the theory is they're digested as food would be and uh, more readily absorbed into your body uh, my father dr mark drape a big fan of selenium and zinc feels those trace elements are deplete in uk soil particularly as our calorific intake has decreased because we've become more sedentary in the past 50 years that coupled with industrial farming over plowing of the fields has diminished uh, selenium and zinc and other trace elements in the soil so that's his rationale why we take supplements uh, in particular to, to optimize our immunity so uh, cytoplan.co.uk the code draper10 d-r-a-p-e-r one zero get you 10 percent off uh if you like the podcast guys love it if you rate it on itunes comment on it review it whatever you like but otherwise generally just appreciate you listening to it always good to get your feedback though ed draper 81 on twitter ed underscore draper 81 on instagram and spencer is at master knowledge on twitter something similar i'm sure on instagram as well thank you for listening have a great week i'm sweating here recording this in my spare room and i hope you're keeping cool but i love it i have to say warm to the bone makes you feel good speak to you soon thank you bye for now